everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. We are a podcast that talk about beards. We talk about brews and we talk about bourbons. I'm your host, Greg Scott, and with me I've got two great guys. Who do we got with me today? Jay Beaverton. And Tommy G. That's right. JB and TG. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to love those nicknames. Probably not. I don't care. It's just, just, don't t- just don't take mine and reverse it because it's, it's <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where's the Irish giant for the, the dick jokes? Yeah, right? I know, right? Uh, he's, uh, he's dealing with things. He's dealing with the things, all the things right now. All the things, yep. All right, so if you couldn't tell from that lovely introduction, we again do beard stuff, brew stuff, and bourbon stuff. A lot of times we do beard reviews, we review articles, kind of like a meta review on it. We do brews, we taste them. Sometimes we talk about the news of what's going on in the beer world. And then we also do bourbon things where we taste them and also talk about the bourbon world. All right, well, let's get into the beard portion of the show. Uh, Jim found us a lovely article uh, about how to improve or not improve your facial hair growth. And this, uh, I'll let Jim talk to it for a second. Sure, actually, I got this idea. I can't take credit for it. I stole it from another more successful podcast than us, uh, Tom and Dan. Because uh, the co-host, the co-host uh, Tom, yeah, he can't grow a beard, so he was looking for alternatives to try and help him grow a beard. Any like tips and tricks? And someone suggested um, a chemical additive. So I looked it up. I believe this is the same one, minoxidil. M I N O X I D I L, which is a, is a subsidiary of Rogaine. Apparently, it is made by Rogaine, which is owned by Johnson and Johnson. So that's supposed to be used on your scalp, not your face. It's just like the long, long, the short of it. And the article sums it up, with just be very careful when you use it. And if you are off a trial by a third party company, maybe working for Johnson & Johnson, don't take it because you'll be a guinea pig. Uh, they basically just, it's 10, it's very, it is a very sciencey article. It's a lot more wordy than a lot of other beard articles I've brought up. It's definitely, it's, there's, there's, it's just be careful of what you do when you do use it. And again, be prepared for side effects. Uh, it might, it's basically a crapshoot. It might work or it might not. The, but, the, but the percentages look to be very low to me as whether it works or not. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting article. So it's, it's from a, a doctor who does hair replacement. Yes. So he will take hair from elsewhere on your body and insert it in your face. So Aroka. he might... Yeah, Aroka Hair Hair Restoration Transplant Center. So might be a slightly biased article, yeah, but it's it, it's interesting because I you know I've never heard. Well, let's try this again. I've heard of beard products that say they can help you thicken your beard, but I've never heard of like a FDA you know federally approved product to increase your hair. Which this um, is not. Which is not. Yes, exactly. Right. But it's a it's a it's a topical. It's like three percent topical. It's a 3% topical gel that's supposed mm-hmm. to help beard growth. Um, but they, it was a study. It, uh, so there was a study out of Japan. The article mentions it. It's a double-blind study, which means that the doctors nor the patients know who got the placebo, which means mm-hmm. just like uh, fake stuff and the actual product. So in theory, it's a really well-done study. And you know they actually showed improvement in beard growth uh, with an expert panel. And they also showed... Uh, the actual participants of the study were like, oh, yeah, I feel better. I feel, to me, my beard's, you know, thicker, which, you know, it's probably half of the thing anyway. If you can feel better about yourself, then why not? Right. Yeah, it seemed like it was pretty, a pretty good study that the people that, that did get the, the um, gel did grow thicker hair. 
I mean, it's pretty much the same thing for your scalp. Uh, you got to keep using it basically to uh, keep seeing the effects. As soon as you stop, it stops working. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I gave it to 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 Greg because he's more because again, his, he this is his industry because he, he works in in like scientific studies like this. It's just because mm-hmm. my eyes my eyes started kind of glassing over a little bit because I'm reading all the like the oh, this percent did this happen when this ha-? I'm just like yeah, this is more Greg's alley, but it's still. Uh, but the, the picture at the, the top of the thing is a dude with uh, looks like he has like permanent marker on his face. Looks like he drew in his own beard. Yeah. Kind of lead in to the article. <laughs> you like you want thicker eyebrows? Draw them in with paint. If you want thicker beard? Draw them in. I I'm not familiar with the uh, female product. What do you uh, like? Uh, yeah. uh, eyebrow pencil. Eye pencil. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Basically. I wonder if that's a thing. Like it do is men draw in their beards. Well, okay. I've seen it done with some, but not, I mean, uh, their, their gender fluidity might be their own thing, but, but yeah, I've definitely seen it. Yeah, I'm actually I'm glad you mentioned that. So I did a reverse citation search, which just means I looked at the article on Google Scholar, because that's my favorite place to go to find oh. anything scientific. And it just goes and says, you know, who cited this article? And one of the articles, uh, there's two articles that are interesting. I'll try to keep it brief. Because I get excited about nerd shit like this, so I will really try to keep Again, it. this is why I picked it. I'm glad that you <laughs> got this because this is, again, this is a little bit, I mean, it's not quite, but it's a little bit beyond because I'm just, I've never been interested in, I, just, give me the, just give me the outcome of the study. Thank you. <laughs> TLDR, right? Yeah, right. So there's a study that just kind of looked at like for trans and non-binary people, which is not really my bag. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but people who wanted to switch genders. And one of the things they can do is like masculate or demasculate and demasculate, they use a topical gel because it's proven in other studies and other side effects that using this topical gel, Rogaine basically, can make biological females grow beard or facial hair. So it's a way to uh, be more masculine, I guess, the facial hair, I guess is a men's thing. And then the other study was just kind of a meta-analysis from 2020 saying there's not enough research on there's only three articles who actually look at how do you can like increase your facial hair in the, in the science world. And that's pretty sad considering this stuff's been around for since the seventies, I think. So mm. yeah, there's a, uh, a literature gap there or a gap for uh, other scientists to come plug that in. Exciting stuff. Not my bag, not my world of science, but still cool. If it makes sense. A lot of people are, cause I do know uh, individuals that have, like transferred or transferring to a different gender. And I do know one right now, uh, I'm, I'm gonna ask this person next time I see them, do you use a product? Because it looks like they are growing facial hair now, but it could be because they are taking testosterone injections. So I don't know if yeah. it's a uh, side effect of that. I assume it is, but if you're not, then I'll, I may ask them next time I see them. Yeah. And like, as far as side effects, like I will preface, I am not a medical doctor in any kind of capacity. So, you know, don't <laughs> sue me for just saying this. Um, but the side effects seem really mild. Like, you know, itchiness, scratchiness, maybe a little dizziness. Like, you can look up on WebMD or whatever if you want to look at the, the side effects for using it. So, you know, it seems if you were going to do it, it's probably not a horrible thing to do. You might check with your GP first because that's what they say, right? Check with your GP before you do anything. I'm going to pick my nose. Mm-hmm. No, no. Check with your GP first. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the side effects seem pretty mild. No one died from it that I could tell. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would hope not. <laughs> I don't have, I've never had any problem growing facial hair. So I don't, I don't think I would ever use anything of this type to help grow it. 
and the podcaster I'm mentioning, I don't think he ever did either. So, <laughs> so if you if you uh, are a listener and you if you use this, which I highly doubt because I don't think anyone is, but you know, send us a ping on the uh, the socials and the medias and and let us know your. Uh... Well, yeah, that was a nice, fun, sciencey article. Thanks for putting it in my wheelhouse there, Jim. Hey, no problem. Again, I'm just going uh, to see something that's sciencey. Which I didn't think again by that top picture that it was going to be like a science, but hey, you know what? It worked out. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I, after all that talking, I'm a little bit thirsty. We're going to go get a frosty beverage from the beer cave and pop a top and talk about it. Been staring at my beer for a while. Want to drink it? <laughs> I say that is a lot of head. You definitely want to pour that appropriately. Yeah. What size did you get? Did you get the tall boy or did you get a just a regular twelve? 12 ounce can. Right. Yeah. I was trying to buy the singles, but they didn't have any singles, unfortunately, today. Since uh, I'm forcing the guys to drink Dale's Pale Ale since uh, we had it uh, one of the couple last times we recorded, it's a, just a Pale Ale. It's not an IPA. It's kind of a, the way that Wikipedia describes it, it's kind of like a halfway between an IPA and a Pale Ale. Uh, I think the last time I drank it, I mentioned something about it being related to Hilo. It is higher ABV than Hilo because I looked at Hilo at Publix today and it, that's only 4%. So this is higher. This is like a 5.2, 5.3, I think. Actually, no, I'm sorry, 6.5 is what it's saying here. So yeah, it's definitely higher, more towards the, I, more towards the IPA, 65 IBUs. And it is named after the, uh, I believe, the owner of Oscar Blues, Dale, what's his name? Dale something. Dale catches this. Dale Oscar? That would that would be no, legit. No. Right? <laughs> Dale Cates. He first brewed in his bathtub while a student at Auburn University. Go Tigers. Yeah, nice. Interesting. Uh, it was rated uh, best pale ale by the New York Times. So uh, so yeah, it's basically just easy from Oscar Blues Brewery. They started up in Colorado. They've moved since moved to North Carolina. They've got a place in Texas. They ended up buying Cigar City uh, a while back. And uh, so they've got a pretty good distribution, at least across the South, East. Well, out in Colorado is pretty good too. That's, yeah, that's, that's a true. wide swath of the world, or <laughs> the US world. world. <laughs> US world. <laughs> Lower 48. There you are. It's impressive it has a Wikipedia page. Like, you know, one of their interns <laughs> sits down and like types up, you know, the, whatever they think it is, whatever well, their boss tells them to make it as. Well, it's the, it's the Oscar, I'm Oscar, at the Oscar Blues Brewery Wikipedia site. It's pretty extensive. So, so somebody, I'm sure, uh, some nerd that works at the brewery decided, hey, you know what? I'll just fill out the Wikipedia page while I'm bored at, at, uh, at the brewery. Nice. Because it lists all the other beers, too. All right. So Pale Ale, fairly decent ABV, 6.5. Mm. What did you say the IBUs were? I missed that somewhere in there. Uh, 65, yeah, too. I think you're okay. right. Six, so 6.5 ABV and 65 IBUs. That's going to be a little little bit bitter there. Yeah, a little hoppy. Yeah, yeah but it's got, it looks like, a, it looks like a, an IPA because of the color. It's very, very uh, copper. All right. So we'll, we'll uh, look at it. We'll smell it. We'll taste it. We'll, uh, I don't know, thumb up, thumb down it. That sounds like a cool new thing to do. <laughs> right. Like dislike. Yeah, it is really not very pale. <laughs> That's pretty deep in color. But usually a lot of IPAs are copper colored, even though like the the India Pale Ale kind of leads again because the hops are going to make it that 
that color. Plus, I like to use more malts to kind of balance it out with the hoppiness. Smells nice. It's not um, abrasive. Not as floral as I was expecting, though. Yeah, I get a little bit of it. It's a little sweet. I don't know if there's like a sweetness or like a citrusy. Mm-hmm. Did I mention what, uh, what hops they're using? Pale malts and citrusy floral hops. Uh, All-American Comet, Cascade, and Centennial hops with a silky smooth malt and the citrusy full-body balance. Well, Cascade was a lucky guess. A lot of a lot of IPAs and Paleos use Cascade because <laughs> it's it's a fairly it's a fairly easy hops to grow, and a lot of brewers use it throughout the nation. Nice, definitely a good. It's a good if you want something that's not quite an IPA and not quite a Pale Ale. This is your this is your beer. Well, prost, gentlemen. That's the only thing I miss about being in person is like the clinking of glasses. You know, right? Yeah, that's true. That's good. This was a go-to for me. Uh, a couple of places around town that uh, didn't have the greatest selection, so this was a go-to pale for me. Yeah, it is pretty uh, ubiquitous. Ubiquitous? Ubiquitous. It's ubiquitous. Ubiquitous, yes. You can find them pretty much anywhere, thankfully. What's that word mean? <laughs> ubiq, ubiq, ubiquitous. What'd you call me, son? <laughs> Well, it's more bitter than I would, I would well, I won't say it's more bitter than I expect. 65, 65 IBUs. I guess that's, that's about what I would expect. But the name Pale Ale, when I think of Pale Ales, I mean, like, I guess the, the range and gambit which Pale Ales can be is pretty vast. Because, I mean, like, Rolling Rock is technically a Pale Ale, you know, which <laughs> is water. But not bad water, it's just water. Sort alcohol. of hoppy water. Yeah, yeah. To this, to, I mean... Um, harp, for if we were going to our friends in Ireland, is going to be a pale ale, and then uh, was it harp or was it bass? Ba- bass. Bass is English, and harp oh. is Irish. Okay. That's why you can order a black and tan, which would be a British and Irish, and where you can go order a half and half, which is going to be your harp and uh, Guinness. Okay. But both are all those are pale ales. Well, they're not minus a Guinness, but. That's uh, they don't taste anything like this. <laughs> that's that's where I'm getting right. right. What I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think I went to this because of how hoppy it is, how bitter it is. I was going from uh, like uh, IPAs and started drinking more pale ales for a little bit, and this kind of bridged that gap pretty good. Yeah, plus they're like one of like a, like, a, like a legacy brewery. They've been around forever. Uh, they were one of the first to. I think they're one of the first to do cans only. That's what I'm reading on the Wikipedia is that uh, they're the one that kind of pioneered that. And they like did like a can fest back in Colorado and just trying to get more brewers to use cans. Because again, a lot of people forget that there was a big stigma on cans for a while. It's just, oh, we don't do the cans because that's what the the big guys do. And then who wants to drink a beer out of an aluminum metal container that's not, that's not, that's like the old school. Like you see like the old school ones where you need like the, (laughs) <laughs> the yeah, tool yeah. to pop it open and you do, they, they wanted to be away from that. So they used to use the brown bottles and bombers are still a big thing. But then I think Oscar Blues and a couple of other bros said, no, cans are actually good if you invest money in them because they block out light completely. They're easier to ship. They can usually get to the destination. It's more safe and they don't break as frequently as bottles do. I mean, sometimes you have ceiling issues, but. You have what issues? Sorry. Ceiling. Like What's the can, Cause you have to seal it. Basically if you look at the top of the can, and you can take off the top part so they seal it like that little top where the pop top is 
that little the, the ring they seal that on the beer so sometimes if you don't have if you don't have a good canning system those will get messed up and that's where most of the leaks happen on the on the on the top of the can right where the the the, the, the can meets that silver ring around the top okay yeah i can see that makes sense and i guess if it gets like shook up or i don't know maybe there's a bad batch it'll expand yeah. down through there too yeah yeah they did have one when i was working at the 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 retail they did have one batch of uh, i believe it was gubna which is their imperial red ipa and it came in four packs and there was a batch that had bad cans and they I remember I saw one was expanding on the shelf. I came in the next day and it expanded. And I'm like, oh, need to throw this out before it explodes. So, I mean, even to the best breweries, it can still happen because something might happen during shipping or, or at, the, at the brewery itself. But mistakes happen. But they, again, they informed us of it and we caught it and we took it off the shelf. Yeah, it's weird. I, I had totally forgotten there was a stigma on canned beers. Um, I, but yeah, I vaguely remember that being a thing. It's like, oh, thanks for yeah. that blast from the blast. Yeah, cans. Cans are the way of the future. Yeah. Now, I'm curious, because like, I know like wine cans, which are been shunned for a long time, are actually getting popular now. Yeah. They have a, a liner uh, on the interior of it. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if these guys have a liner. There might be like a thin, because I know you can put a thin plastic liner in the cans now that will do that. I just, I don't know the specific answer, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to hear. I just was thinking, just thinking out loud there. I'm like, hmm. But I'm wondering I if one would be different. Then. I don't know. Because I think you'd get some aluminum taste without some liner, but hard to say. I mean, I mean, if they put wine, right. It's just, I'll be worried if they put beer in a box, like wine. That, that'll be the like stopping point. <laughs> I've gone yeah. too far this time. Well, I wonder if the reason why they do it with wine is because the acidity is probably a lot higher than, than a beer would be. be my guess. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's right. Because like, there's, there's a lot less water in one because wine is more concentrated. Now that I'm thinking, like at least the, the red wines are. So yeah, I can see that. It's like the acidity of the wine eating away at the can. Head maybe. shrug? It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> maybe. Look it up and research and tell us. It, the show is called Brews for a reason. We don't do a lot of wine stuff. You know, I drink it, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, it's not. It's not. You can't brew a wine. You can't. Can you brew a wine? I don't think you can. It's it's a completely different process. Winery wine, like grape fermentation, is a completely different process. Now, now I want grape beer. I'm sure it's gonna be disgusting, well, but I want to try done, it now. Dogfish Head has put grape must in their beers before, which makes it gives it like kind of like a sour slash like light ten, tangy tendency to, in the taste. But I don't think there is a grape beer that I know of. All right. With that riveting science-y-ness and beer tastingness, gentlemen, are there any closing thoughts on Dale's very gracious pale ale? No, it's a, it's a good uh, go-to if you like uh, hoppy beers, good pale ale, good day drinker, a little high on ABV, but it's good. Yeah, solid, solid, I guess, what would you call a, a half, half PA, half IPA yeah. between pale ale and an IPA, but yeah, definitely... Uh, for me, it's a good day drinker. Maybe not for some people, but um, if you if it's too heavy for you, I would suggest their uh, a little Mama's little uh, yellow pills, which is their Pilsner. Uh, they also come out with um, the 1050, which is like an imperial stout, but that's like 11. percent That only comes out every once in a while. 
they also have a death by coconut which is a coconut porter which is pretty good uh but yeah as, again but you find those from year round it's i don't i think we've said everything we can say about it yeah lots of thumbs up around the table here so good good staple beer all right. I think that's going to do it with the brews portion of the show. Continue on into the bourbon portion of the show. We are also going to continue on our sub $30 bottles, which no one knows this is a, a thing, but we've, the last, what, four episodes we've done sub $30 bottles. So we're going to pile on on this one as well. Now, normally I don't say the price point before we start because I think it influences us. But if you know much about bourbon, you'll know Evan Williams is not the, the highest of the shelves it comes in which I should tell you what the bourbon is we're going to drink. So we are drinking Evan Williams. It's their white label. It is their bonded and bond, which is like a technical thing. Basically just means that's a hundred proof. It's aged four years. It's made into distillery uh, that the U S government has some kind of rubber stamping on. It's made in one season, one distilling season, which I actually not entirely sure what that qualifies as probably fancy speak for a year, but yeah, that's it in a nutshell. It comes in, like I said, 100 proof. Uh, it's an NAS, so it's a non-age specific. This guy used to be about what, seven years old, but during the great bourbon crisis of, I don't know what year it was, but when all the bourbon <laughs> burned and all the distillers having shortages. 20, oh God, 2012, 2012? No. It was, I don't remember. But yeah, it was It was like a span of years where, where the, where the, <laughs> the locusts descended on the bourbon market. Yeah. And then the locusts ascended and then all the people who come afterwards and picked up all the, uh, anything interesting or rare. That's, that's where we're at now. Heaven Hills Distillery. This is Evan Williams. Uh, it's currently pretty much any market you're going to find it in. Uh, it's from what I've read, it's about a five year. Again, it's not age specific, but it's about five years. It's mash bill for those who are interested is 78% corn, 12% barley, malted barley, excuse me, and 10% rye. So pretty low in the rye content. And yeah, so I think that's enough introduction for this guy. There's many ways to sample bourbon. Uh, I like to look at it to kind of look at the color. I like to do a little nose sniff, try to burn off some uh, nose hairs and then you know, mm-hmm. do a sample taste. Spin it around a little bit, get it dizzy. Yeah. Get the... I am seeing the legs now. I didn't see the legs at first. I'm seeing them now. And for maybe I, I just to kind of refresh, legs are what when you do spin it around the glass, there should be a thin. If your glass is clean, there should be a thin, kind of like line of where it was spun, and it should slowly kind of creep down the glass back towards itself, basically. And it should be you should be able to see it. If you don't see it, then it's pro. Then the consistency might be off, or your glass not might may not be clean, or yeah, that's what I, when I when I say legs, that's what I mean by that. We are not referencing the ZZ Top song. No. And wine also has the same thing. I I think it's the same term for wine when you spin like a Cabernet around the wine glass and you see that it does the same thing. I think that's also called legs as well yeah. too. I could be wrong. Yes. Yeah, it's got nice legs. Definitely getting a lot of alcohol. It is a hundred proof, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Get a little bit of that like corn dustiness yeah yeah that's a good term corn dustiness yeah better than corn starchiness <laughs> like the smells like corn starch to me oh corn starch my, my shirt's a little uh, not stiff enough let's get some whiskey on it yeah. now i've let mine sit out for quite a while it's had plenty of time to aerate 
So I'm not getting a ton of alcohol on it. There's mm. really not much alcohol on my snows. Yeah, same for me. But I get. I think, I think I just unbottled mine. I mean, get a little, yeah. like peanut, a little bit. Hmm. Not sugar, but like sweet, like like artificial sweetener almost. If that's like the term mm -hmm. I could use. Again, I'm back on distiller.com and it's saying uh, vanilla custard, caramel, and baking spices. And I'm like, okay. I would vanilla love custard. to have some custard and baking spices. I don't quite get that. For 100 mm. proof, it's really smooth. Like, yeah, it's not yeah, right. Get a little bit of sweetness on the tongue. Some oak, but not a lot. I get oat. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, like things you grow in the ground, oats. Mm. Oats, okay. Quaker. Like some kind of fruit, fruitiness. I don't know if it's like cherry, but it's like very light. Yeah, I can see that. Or taste that. Yeah, almost a hint of tussin, you know? Tussin? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Robitussin, yeah, cherry flavor. Robitussin. I was like, I was, I was, yeah. is he referring to Robitussin? <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's a good uh, mm. description for it. It's got, a good, it's got a good consistency. It's not, it is, it, it's, it holds, the mouthfeel is decent. It's not, it, 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 again, with the leg, it, the legs that I saw, it's got good viscosity. That's the word, viscosity to it. I wouldn't think I was drinking Evan, an Evan Williams product by tasting this to be, if you just handed this to me blind and I, and I tried it, I would not think it's Evan Williams. That's pretty high praise. Yeah, it's got really decent mouthfeel, surprisingly decent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not like, it's not like an over amount of burn. It's, it, it lasts a little bit, but it's not, it's not the longest mouth mouthfeel, mm -hmm. but yeah, it doesn't linger too long. It's enough to know it's there, but then it doesn't it doesn't like hang around. Definitely doesn't feel like a hundred percent, hundred proof. No, it doesn't. That's pretty good. That's pretty high praise for Tommy G. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't thought it was a an Evan Williams product because again, I don't think I've ever really had Evan Williams because I always thought working in the industry, I always because it was on this shelf. Uh, below Jack Daniels, but it looked exactly like Jack Daniels because it had the black label and it had the square bottle. It looks like they're trying to copy JD a little bit. I don't know how long green has been around, but I, I know that's on our list of things to, to sample. That is on our list of things to sample. And then Jack Daniels came out with a green, but then that quickly disappeared. But I know Evan Williams green is still around, of course. So, so but, I'm going to jump in here. Yeah. Uh, According to my local guy, Evan Williams Green is being removed the market. So, did they say why? Uh, he did not. They're just they're not pulling it from the shelves, but they're not re-upping it on the shelves. Okay. Because Jack Daniels Green disappeared. Well, I, I heard it was because Jack Daniels Well was running dry, so they took a bunch of their stuff that they didn't quite fit and they blended it all together and they put it in the, in the bottle and marked it green label. So it was only a short run because they ran out of what they were using. That's just a, that's, that's a rumor. That's what I heard working in the industry. I don't know if it's true. Jack Daniels, if you're hearing this, don't sue me. I don't know <laughs> anyway, uh, but that's just a rumor, uh, uh, my opinion. So all the opinions here do not reflect uh, the, the truth in any way, shape or form. What did we have last time? Do you remember? Old tub. Old tub. Was it the old tub? This yeah. is better than old okay. tub. I'll say it. This has actually a taste, a flavor profile. Old tub to me just didn't hit. It's similar to me. It's similar to the old tub, but it's for some reason it's not. I'm not getting like I don't know the funkiness that I got in the old tub, I, or whatever it was that I didn't like. It was strange because I 
again, me and Tommy are part of a, a group on Facebook and a, a BDM of, again, Tom Van Podcast posted Old Tub. And I was just like, I just commented, I'm like, I wasn't impressed by it. And he's like, yeah, you just got to open it up and let it breathe for a while. I'm like, you're probably right. I just thought it was stale-ish. Huh. It was like, yeah, it's the magnet pulling. Because like right after we did the show, I saw that post. I'm like, oh, coincidence. Hey, we did that. Yeah. You guys are just trying to copy us. It's <laughs> all a small <laughs> I, would never, <laughs> <laughs> I would never claim any BDM would do it. I'm like, oh, you have a podcast too? Oh, yeah, I'll add it to the 500 podcasts I'm supposed to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's like one of those netflix things i will get to eventually Brain maybe yeah, one day right. yeah but no yeah i like this yeah well that's that's like two i guess all three of us i like it i would so i guess i'll go with msrp uh up here in virginia it's, it runs around 18 bucks i think in florida it's maybe a little bit cheaper maybe 15 16 i would say it, it doesn't taste like a 15 or 16 dollar bottle so about, about a year ago, I did buy this, buy this bottle and I was trying to find like cheaper bottles that I liked that uh, held up well for like drinks and stuff. And this was one of my favorites for like old fashions. I was making old fashions like twice a night and trying different recipes and stuff. And this actually held up pretty well um, to the, all the spices and stuff of the bitter of the, um, of the taste of the old fashioned. That's cool, man. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm not as big a fan of old fashions as it sounds like you guys are, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I like them, so I'll have to add it to my mix mixology. Oh yeah, it's 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 definitely like the the old fashioned game is is still around for sure, and it's like the variance for them has gone up because like someone added orange juice to one that I heard the other time uh, recently, and I'm like, do you, orange juice makes an old fashioned? I mean, orange pulp does. And orange bitters do, but I don't know if I would add orange juice and consider it an old fashioned, but I was like, okay, what teach his own. That's what you want to do. It sounds like they didn't have fresh oranges and they're like, well, what can we put in there? Call. Okay. Dobson, I'm talking to you. Dobson, you know who you are. If you ever listen to this. <laughs> so closing thoughts. It's good. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. For your eloquent and succinct words, yeah, it doesn't have a it doesn't have a funkiness that I don't like. Um, for for a cheap bourbon, uh, hundred proof, a decent decent buy. Like I said, I would buy it again for mixing with my old fashions. I don't know if I would buy it again to drink straight, like neat. But um, yeah, if I was looking for something cheap, this would definitely be a go, go to. It's, it's sold in a glass bottle, which always I, I consider to be a plus <laughs> in the <laughs> bourbon world, which. They, you know, not a mandatory statement because there's, yeah, I won't say go, I won't dive too deep in that comment, but uh, it's nice. You know, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's just nice. It's not distinct. Like, it's not like, oh my gosh, I know I'm tasting Evan Williams white label, but it's still very, very nice. A little oaty for my taste, mm. but that's, I mean, if you're mixing it, that's probably perfect because you can definitely taste it later. So. Yeah. Like, like I said, I didn't, think I was tasting an Evan Williams product because again, I just, you saw, I saw it on the bottom shelf and like, Oh, it's just a Jack clone. And it's, it's not at all that it's completely different from that. And, uh, but yeah, definitely. Some, if I see this out in the wild, I might pick up a bottle just for, and try it in my own old fashioned as well too. Alrighty. That's going to do it for the beards, brews and bourbon show. Uh, we do have some social medias and some interweb things to talk about. We are on Facebook. 
at Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. We do have email. We are at hosts at bbbpodcast.net. We do have a website that has been under development for one and a half years. It is bbbpodcast.net. We are on all the ways you can listen to the podcast, and we do have a bird-like social media presence. Jim, what is our handle Mm -hmm. there? Uh, on the Twitterverse, it is at Bourbon Beards, all one word. You can look us up and uh, shout out to a couple of our new followers that have signed up. Nice. And we do have the Patreon account. It's Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. Yes. You can search it for there if you're interested in throwing a couple uh, shekels. Is that, a, is that a denomination? Yeah. 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 Throw that. Accept all, all the denominations for sure. Bitcoin, Doge. Well, not Dogecoin. Uh, I'll, I'll take your doge. Give really me your dog. Give me your doge. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. Right. Yep. So that is the show. Stay to the end until after the credits and the music. It is the silent B. It's all the parts of the show that don't quite fit, and it's usually a lot of fun. Yes. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to our music and our credits there. You've made it into the silent B. Welcome to the club. This is the cool place to be. Wait, we have this credits? Is, uh, you know, I have, I have aspirations for credits, you know? Okay. All like, right. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't listen to our show. No, we don't have credits currently, but I like to pretend we do. And totally going to riff off of, uh, God, what's that NPR show? The two brothers who do the... Uh, oh, Radio Lab. Radio no, Lab? not Radio Lab. No. Crank, click and clank, or uh, oh, the, talk, the car, car talk. Yeah, car talk's been car talk's been gone for a while, dude. I know, but they still play it. They, they I and they have. Show. Oh, I love that show, and all their credits I are like random, it. like yeah, random people. I can't stand exist. it. I can't stand those guys. Click and clack. Yeah, I, I, my dad listened to it, and I'm just like, these guys. What, what is this? Why, why are they? The, the original podcasters, man. <laughs> they are. They are. I just. No. Oh, yeah. I'll leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. I never listened to any of that stuff. I will say I was forced to listen to a lot of that. So you, you yeah, learn to like it or you learn to hate it. So. I learned to survive it. And then, and then I still hate it. I can't, even when I hear the reruns now, I'm just like, Oh yeah. I feel that way about fifties and sixties golden era music. I just fucking hate it. I'm like, Oh my God, please kill me now. If I had to listen to one more crooner, one more like, jazz-ish band play i'm just gonna like you know off myself so. <laughs> well i don't mind actual like i've learned to get because like, there's, there's a jazz station that we get through it but it's not like it's like i don't mind jazz fusion now it's 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 easy to listen to because it's just like when you get tired of everything else just put on jazz and you just drive and you can zone out or do whatever but yeah it's yeah i, I like the like the yeah, crooner, like the old school, like big band stuff. I, I can't, like Lawrence Welk and all that big band stuff. I just can't, or that I can't do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Going to the silent B with stuff we hate. <laughs> Maybe we'll change it to uh, 
Silent B, the, the catharsis section of the show. Catharsis yeah. section. Yeah. Welcome to all the shit we hate. Mm-hmm. Grind my gears, I tell you. Grind my gears. Uh, Lakeland, Florida. That's what grinds my gears. <laughs> Polk County. Polk County. And for those of our listeners who are not familiar with Puke County, Florida, it's uh, not to hate on Florida too much because it's a questionable state, but uh, Puke County is the, I don't know, it's just not a good place to be. Just avoid it. Just drive through it or around yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lakeland's between Orlando and, and uh, Tampa, which are big cities for Florida, and uh, Puke County and Lakeland sit right between them in there. Just keep, just keep driving. Yep. All right. With that sequitur and that introduction, now we're going to list places in the multiverse. That's a term we could use. Multiverse that you would never want to visit. And I will open up the floor to both you gentlemen or either of you gentlemen. You don't have yours yet? Oh, I've got it. I created it. (laughs) I got mine in my back pocket. I'm ready to rock and roll, my friend. Well, there's so many now. And there's so, because I mean, if you've been watching like the Disney Plus Marvel shows, they're, they're, it's all about the multiverse now. And that's where they're going with the movies. Um, but yeah. I think you're talking about more like created universes of like man, of like, of like the, you can even go, of, of like, like, again, like Star Wars, Star Trek, just the, the obvious stuff like the Marvel universe, uh, the Disney animated universe. Like the again, like video game universes that have been yeah, created. Video as well games. Too. Yeah. I mean about where you want to go. You know, I don't There's care. a bunch of dystopian so, ones. So <laughs> there's so many yeah. ones. Um I originally thought I was gonna say the Wachowski's Matrix universe, just because it's dreary, it's the earth is destroyed. But uh I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. What I am gonna do is I don't wanna go into the Stephen King created universe you are or are not going to go do not want to go there because want to go there because uh if you've read stephen king most of his stuff is based on this weird kind of darker version of new england because that's where he lives and he puts a lot of his stories all most of his stories are connected in some way or they have different same similar characters so they're in this i would i would argue that they're in the same universe Rarely anything good happens to them in this universe that they're in. There's monsters, there's monsters, there's like uh, nothing but bad choices, uh, machines that come to life for no particular reason. Uh, you can die any number of horrible and horrific ways. I mean, it, come on, it, it is in the same universe as all the rest of that. So you don't want to meet, run into it, the Pennywise the Clown or a mist that can kill you or turn you inside out or Langleyers that somehow stop your plane if you get stuck at a time or something so my pick would be the stephen king universe just don't avoid it don't go there even though the characters are interesting i don't want to meet any of them i don't want to stand that's my favorite stephen king novel of all but again it's still not great because the odds are you're going to die in that universe because the people that die of the flu (laughs) wait wait i'll just leave that there and but then the people that survive the flu go through a second thing, which is not in the miniseries, where basically it's the Darwin Award. You kill yourself by, oh, I can do whatever I want, so I'm going to do whatever I want and go, oops, I'm dead, which is a whole almost full chapter of the book. It may be part of the extended version, but it's just like he lists all the ways that people die of their own stupidity. 
And then you get to the, and it may sound cool to end up in Vegas or Boulder, Colorado, but again, there's a power, uh, no streaming internet is gone. Uh, it's, it may sound like you can claim any land anywhere, but you still need people to help run stuff. So it's a little extreme. So yeah, I just want to avoid the Stephen King universe is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. I didn't think of it that way at first. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing even the even the people that survived the Stephen King novels are not in a good place usually. <laughs> so yeah. Pet Cemetery, you weren't saying uh, dead, death is better. <laughs> I thought I died. Now I'm back again, some bitch. Oh, you're seeing your dead relative. That's uh, crazy now. It's always good. Spoilers. <laughs> I didn't say which relative. I just uh, said relative. Come on, Pet Cemetery. That still counts as a spoiler. Come on. I know. Circa 1972. Come yeah. on, guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're speaking to the guy who's actually never finished watching uh, the original Jason or. Uh, Friday the 13th, excuse me. Yeah. Still haven't gotten it's, there. <laughs> no, I won't spoil it for you. Even though you probably know. Yeah, you spoiled it for me last time. Last time okay. we did a horror thing. Yeah, you told me the, the ending. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't yeah. remember that. That's okay. I just, I, I just watched those for the first time like two years ago. Uh, one of, another podcast where I listened to, uh, it did like a, it's uh, 100 movies that you've never seen or that are new to you. Yes. So, so I started doing throwing uh, a yeah. So during October, I did like horror movies that I never watched. And those were some of the, the ones I did. I love, I hate horror movies, but I love horror movies. I love the, I love the old right. ones. I love the, the old ones. Friday the 13th is one of my favorite, like campy horror movies. Same. Yeah. I'm going to throw a segue real quick on Netflix now. So this is, you know, July of 2021 here. Uh, there is a three part series, Fear three part. Street. Yeah, Fear Street. It's good. It's good. It's like a really nice uh, throwback to some slasher with a little bit of mysticism thrown in there. So it's it's worth watching. Yeah, my, my my wife uh, threw that on last night or two nights ago, and we uh, ended up putting it off, and we're gonna watch it like in October during uh, wow. Halloween stuff, horror stuff. Nice but man. Definitely interested. You have way more willpower than I do. <laughs> I'm like, my id is like, oh, something to watch. Yes, let's do this. Yeah. All right, Tommy G, what do you got for us, buddy? So it's funny that you mentioned Twilight because that was the first thing that came to my mind because, my, again, my wife, instead of watching the Horror Street or whatever it was called, uh, she put it on, rewatched the Twilight series. And, uh, I mean, maybe if I was a vampire or a, <laughs> a lichen a werewolf, then maybe it might be interesting. But, uh, yeah, going into that universe and – being a human, that would uh, pretty much suck. So that's the only thing I could really think of on, off the top of my head. Yeah, I've never, um, I've never seen the series, so I know other vampire and lichen uh, tropes. Underworld, that, you know. Underworld, yeah. Which is better. So, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. So are humans just like you know feeding feeding bags or tubes or something? I mean, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. After the first, after the first one, there's not many humans uh, in the in the series, but yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Other than the main the main character who was a human until the end. Well, a spoiler. Possibly, um. possibly to the end. Yeah. <laughs> what did you pick, Team Edward or Team Caleb? Oh my god. <laughs> the fact that I know that hurts me, but I know it. Yeah, it was on the internet. His name is, 
His name's Jacob. Jacob. Oh, it is. I thought it was Jacob. <laughs> okay, that expected me. Uh, I was thinking, like some things that came to mind that I thought I might be interested in, like uh, actually going to or like Hyrule, but then, mm. like that Hyrulean, it's it's still like not a great, you know, universe. Kind of sim similar, you know. It's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're I at the top, then you're you're pretty right, pretty right. far down. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My, always always fighting. My favorite skit uh, or like interpretation of Hyrule is like <laughs> when the, you know, you're like a farmer and some person breaks into your house and starts mm. like, you know, stealing your shit. And you're like, what? what? Breaking your pots in your house. Like, what? You're the hero, you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's that again and causing trouble again. Oh, no, it's Link. <laughs> Breaking entering. Well, there's that movie coming out called Free Guy. That was supposed to come out months and months ago. That they're that they're repping now about the the just the random NPC in the game who figure who's told that he's an NPC, and then he goes kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, Ryan Reynolds. It is. I hope the funniest part of not of that wasn't the. There's a trailer out there where he reintroduces it with Korg as Deadpool. Nice. Uh, well, that might be the funniest part of the movie. Because <laughs> I'm just like. Yeah. Even he rips on it because, like, wasn't this? I thought this came out years ago. Yeah, it was supposed to come out the uh, the summer of COVID, I think. Mm -hmm. So, which doesn't really speak high volumes of it. Like, you think if it was really classic and awesome, they could have released it online. So, I wonder if it's going to mm -hmm. be subpar. Yeah, but they they held out some other ones too <laughs> until like the end of COVID uh, that summer or this summer. Yeah, I know Dune got pushed back. They still haven't released a new Bond movie yet. I don't know when that's supposed to hit. I didn't know it was ready, but I know Dune is. I've been excited for Dune for like God half a century. <laughs> Ever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. The trailer looks good. Yeah, I've never watched the original. So one of my things is to go back and watch the original now. I've always heard about it and I for whatever reason never watched it. It's definitely different. Uh yeah. it's definitely like very um heavy, but like there's like there's like a lot of dramatization not overacting i would say but there's a lot of like you know just the I mean, throw some throw some gravitas on this for no reason <laughs> so but it's it's david lynch so i mean lynch is uh known for doing interesting things and you've got i mean you've got sting in there you've got patrick stewart uh it's i yeah. love that film and i've read the book and the audiobook and you know different universes they're, they're similar enough to be enjoyable so that's another universe I wouldn't want to go. Yeah, that's another universe I wouldn't want to go. That's <laughs> it's not a, it's yeah. not Arrakis because Arrakis is like the. I'm sorry, that's, I know the spice comes from here, but come on, it's it's not a. I don't want to believe here. Yeah, I guess that's my segue into what I chose. Did I steal it? Did I, did I, did I no, no, it wasn't, um, wasn't Dan or Arachnus or uh, I'm actually not, sure, not sure what the metaverse is actually called there. What the uh, Frank Herbert's doing, but uh. it's just the the it's the future. It's basically just the future where space travel and and it's like this feudal system, but in space. Speaking of space and feudal systems, that is exactly what I chose. Uh, I was reading, oh God, I have a blank on the author here, but recently uh, 40K, Warhammer 40K, which is set 40,000 years into the future of mankind. And it's a dark, brutal, grim, horrific place for any normal human being. It's like, you know, humans are kind of racist. They only like humans. 
Uh, you have your elves and your orcs and your space aliens and your chaos people. And it's basically, it's, it's a really horrible place. Like you live in, you can live in like high technology societies, like hive cities. So imagine like, you know, Neo Tokyo, but like multiplied by like a hundred, it's like a whole planet that's um, industrialized. You can live in uh, primal spaces, which is just like, oh, it's spear hunters. Uh, all the same technology, you know, all the same world that this, they don't pass on their technology. And mm. uh, if you join the Imperial Guard, which is like the protectors of the universe, the average life expectancy is like seven minutes in a war zone. I mean, it's brutal. It's like horrifyingly brutal. If you do space travel, you know, there's like demons that can enter your head. It's, it's, a, it's a fucked okay. up place. Yeah. It doesn't sound good. It's a great war game. It makes great video games and great tabletop games. But uh, as a interesting, let's go visit this place. Never on the top, never on any list, really. Mm. So I'm never, you know, that's one game I never got into and I never researched it. So it's interesting to, to hear that. Really fascinating. Like the, the lore, I'm a lore guy. I really like lore, you know, the history and the mythos. And that's why I love Cthulhu and stuff like this. So um, Warhammer and Warhammer 40K have some of the best mythos and lore I've seen in like a tabletop game. So mm. I highly recommend it. Expensive as hell to play, but it's it's right. that, my friends, I think is the silent B. We hope you enjoyed it. The musings of us three knuckleheads here. Yeah. You got me thinking now uh, all, all about those the different universes and stuff and about either wanting to go or not go. So thanks. <laughs> my pleasure. That's what the silent B is here for. Yeah, I like those kind of questions because like uh, I do have a Silent B question that's kind of like a what if thing. Because I know Marvel's doing a what if series where it's some they're Marvel characters, but things don't happen to them the way that they happen in the in the comic books. Like, uh, what if this happened? Like, if Tony Stark never became Iron Man and was saved by Eric Killmonger, or um, Agent Carter became Captain Britain, or stuff like that. So it's always interesting to see ask those kind of weird questions of like, like what what can happen, what should happen, or what shouldn't happen. Nice. We'll have to uh, wait for the next silent beat for you, Jim. Yeah. I'll try to remember. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> All right, guys. That's the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you around. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.